In a great show today for entrepreneurs and accelerators, we bring in Fletch Richman. We discuss two iterations of his company before his acquisition of help.com, how the decision-making process worked, how the negotiation process worked, and how that affected his relationships with the, the businesses who are his consumers and also with his investors. First, serious about online trading? Secure your funds, keep your merchandise safe, and use a company that keeps the buyer and seller protected the whole way through. That's escrow.com. Payments you can trust. FD was built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit. Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. Learn more at FT.com. That's E-F-T-Y-F-T.com. Hey, Sherpa Network. I'm Tess Diaz, executive producer of DomainSherpa.com. And today we have Fletcher Richmond joining us from the Silicon Flatirons in Boulder, Colorado, to discuss his recent upgrade from BubbleIQ.com to Help.com. Hey, Fletcher, how you doing? I'm good, Tess. Uh, yeah, happy to be on here. Thank yeah, you. super cool. Yeah. So you've had a couple startups, but this is your first one that's venture-backed. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Tell us just for a minute, because I like the name Bubble IQ, and that's interesting because sometimes we see people who rebrand from like blah, 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 to help.com. But um, I particularly wanted you on the show because Bubble IQ isn't awful. Um, so first, what do you do and really dumb it down? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll talk a little bit about sort of the, at the high level, the difference between Bubble IQ and our new brand health, because one of the reasons what we didn't hate Bubble IQ, it was fine. One of the reasons for the new brand was just because we were sort of evolving our product. Um, so we oh. knew our old brand as this old more of an integration product. So Bubble IQ, when we launched, actually the very first domain we had for the company was Bubble CRM uh, because we initially were more trying to play in the CRM space. Okay, .com? Yeah, it was bubblecrm.com. Um, and we had that domain for a little while and then we did a lot of customer validation and got customer feedback and found that customers were actually more interested in ticketing than they were in CRM. So uh, CRM is more like sales and marketing and that whole side of the house. Ticketing is more of your customer support, your help desk, like that sort of interaction where it's more about, I have a problem, can somebody fix it? Um, and so we switched from Bubble CRM and we already had sort of the idea of bubble and the idea was that a bubble was a ticket. So our, we, our, our product interacts a lot more in like messaging tools like Slack, which is kind of like an iMessage type of a tool. Um, and so we were like, well, a ticket, it used to be exist in email. Now it exists in these messaging tools. Uh, and so we called, we started calling them bubbles instead of tickets. Cause it was just kind of a fun way to think about them. They're kind of bubbling around, moving between different channels and the messaging tools. Uh, and so we called them bubbles. And so we, uh, as we shifted into this ticketing concept, we're like, okay, we like this idea of bubble and we're like, should it be bubble up or bubble? What, what should it be? And bubbleiq.com was available for, for the like standard $12 a year. Um, and so 
uh, it, we, we just kind of liked it. It was like, oh, bubble IQ, it kind of adds this, like it's a smart ticket that's moving around in the right ways. We didn't have any like AI or anything that we were doing, but uh, yeah, so yeah. the bubble IQ product uh, was, was just purely an integration product. That okay, in and when did, so when, when did you found bubble CRM? Yeah, we, that com we started the company in early 2017. Okay, and then you shifted to Bubble IQ around when? It was pretty quick. It was probably like July of that year or August. I forget the exact okay. But yeah, okay. it was really fast iteration, learned really quickly that CRM was not the way to go. Ticketing was the path. So we, we launched that, yeah, I think like we'll call it July of 2017. Okay, and how big was your team at that point? Two. <laughs> it was just okay. my and so when you describe this process of renaming, was it just to the two of you? Oh yeah, it was like, oh, <laughs> Bubble CRM, not a thing anymore. We just bought the new domain and <laughs> then- Okay, <we're> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, okay, what were your revenues at that point? Nothing, yeah, we had no revenue. Okay, yeah, so when you have no revenue, the $12 domain isn't the end of the world, and your um, real investments then, where, where, were you bootstrapping it? Where, where were you yeah. getting the money to go along? Um, my co-founder and I were contracting a little bit, so, uh, we basically would do like 10 hours a week of contract work. Um, and the, it's just so cheap to start a company now, right? We paid for a G suite, two email addresses. It was 10 bucks a month. We paid for Heroku it was another 10 bucks a month. So our cost was $20 a month. That was the whole cost of running the business for the first. Boom. Yeah. And I'm guessing a lot of your time. Yeah. Tons of time. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're serving, um, Basically, you're serving, it sounds like, larger businesses who need help with processes. That's, you know, Slack is like a process tool. Correct me if I'm okay. Yes. And you do something. Yeah, so we were helping them with their ticketing processes inside their company. So Adobe was one of our early customers. Every time there was a problem with an internal system in Adobe, they would go into their Slack tool and use our system to open up a ticket that says, like, hey, there's a problem. Um, and then that would open up a ticket in their ticketing system on their back end and say, okay. like, this is a problem, and we just manage the whole back and forth. So it facilitates, I would say, using a ticketing system. It's, um, you know, it helps to um, prioritize tickets to, um, you know, you're looking at response times or maybe, you know, is there anything that's measuring like the tone of how escalated a client is or um, things like that too? Yeah, it's, it's just facilitating the whole conversation. And so you're right. You can measure response times, resolution times, customer satisfaction at the end so they can give it like a little thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, gotcha. So it makes that whole interaction super easy. Okay. All right. And I mean, that is a vital tool to most companies today. Um, uh, all right. Very interesting. And, and I see, I mean, you can just book a demo, um, on help.com and, and, uh, kind of figure it out from there, I think. So at what point, so July, 2017 was not that long ago and mm -hmm. you upgraded to bubble IQ mm -hmm. and, um, then when did things start to change for you? Yeah. So, um, we, we got our first customer in, in the fall of 2017 and just started growing our customer base. We, we kind of found this product that was sticking and had some product market fit. Uh, and we started getting customers and growing the, the uh, revenue of the company and 
Uh, we added a third team member um, and at that point got some initial uh, investor interest in the company. We went through a, an accelerator program here in Boulder called Techstars um, in 2018 um, with the three of us um, and then raised a sort of some small angel financing after that uh, and continued to grow the customer base. And we kind of stuck ourselves in this really specific niche. The only way you could use our product is if you're using a really specific ticketing system and a really and using Slack. So we, we were like the glue that sat between these two systems. And it was, it was kind of niche by design. We wanted to be super specific so that we appealed to that one really specific audience really, really well. But it made it so it was hard to build a really big company because we were just focused on that one really specific audience. Mm -hmm. and, so, and were you aware of that from the start? Or yeah. when? Yeah, so it was our strategy. Like it, I think in today's world where there's so many different tools, there's a, a, a thousand different tools you can use for everything. There's tons of CRMs, tons of ticketing systems, tons of productivity tools. You have to be solve a really specific problem and a really specific thing that appeals to a certain audience. Otherwise you just get lost in the noise. And so we chose to go like super deep on if you use this tool and Slack, then you have to use our product. It was Zendesk and Slack were the two tools. If you use those two things, like you're an idiot if you're not using our, our, our integration. Um, but for everybody else in the world, they, don't, they didn't really care. So it was by design. But as we started to like bring on, get more and more customers and bring on these investors, the idea was, okay, let's take these customers we have. Let's go talk to Adobe now. Let's go talk to Strava and all of our really cool customers we brought on board and figure out what other problems we can solve for them and what the sort of like bigger opportunity is. Um, and that's what led us towards and down the path of eventually deciding we needed to, a new brand and a new product and all of that stuff. Interesting. Okay. Um, and you know, that's a great strategy as an entrepreneur. And did that fit into your, did you seek out um, this, you know, the, the investments or did that more just kind of, I mean, you mentioned that there's a very close knit community in Boulder. Um, what are you, you're on two streets, Pearl and what? Pearl and Walnut. Yep. Those Pearl are and Walnut. And you got Google on the one end and what's on the other end? The Techstars Accelerator uh, Foundry Group with just a famous investor. Uh, and then all, all in between there's Twitter has an office, uh, GitHub has an office, Amazon's right around the corner from where I'm sitting right now. So yeah, super dense tech technology community here. That's kind of neat to be so dense like that. Yeah. Um, so did you mean to be looking for investment? Did it just kind of happen? Did you feel like in order to launch this second product basically that you needed investment? Yeah, that's a good question. So when we first started the company, I had previously worked in uh, for a couple of years for a, a VC, uh, a, a firm called Galvanize Ventures. And so I had a really strong investor network. Um, and when we started, we initially were thinking, we don't need any investors. We're just going to bootstrap this thing the whole way and investors suck, screw them, was kind of our... our uh, <laughs> Uh, that was my feeling after working in the industry for a little while, uh, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, after, once we got a little ways into it and we started getting customers and people were seeing our traction, I like to keep folks up to date. We do uh, sort of a private um, monthly update for our investors. So we've done one since the day one of the company. It's pretty cool actually to be able to go back and look at it. Huh. It's like, hey, 
here's how many new customers we got, here's what we learned, here's what we're gonna do next month. And then you just do it again. You, you start adding asks at the top too, so like, hey, we're hiring this person, can you help? Or hey, could you promote our new product that we just launched or whatever? And so we started that day one of the company and I added some of the smart investors that I knew to that list because they see lots of businesses and I figured they could help and, and give advice and like whether or not I'm looking for money, kind of the, the best way to raise money is to not be looking for money. Uh, and so uh, anyways, I, I just thought it'd be useful to have them on there. And so uh, I kept them updated and then actually like the folks at Techstars kind of came to us and were like, hey, we're really interested in what you're doing. Would love if you'd apply to the program. Um, and the, and then kind of similarly, the, the time when we raised angel money, it was uh, very much a conversation of like, I don't think we want to raise. I don't think we want to raise. And then, oh, well, what if we did want to fundraise? And kind of playing hard to get, I think, a little bit as the entrepreneur, which tends to work really well because when, when investors kind of, they're seeing all these companies come to them, come to them, ask them for money, ask them for money. And then there's this one company that's like, oh, we don't need you. Uh, and, and that playing hard to get, I think, makes them want it a little bit more. So we played that strategy a little bit. But the initial, the initial thought was we wouldn't need to raise money for the business. It'd be a really great business we could grow through revenue and through customers. But uh, as we sort of started to see the larger opportunity, we realized that, uh, we, that there was this huge opportunity there and that the market was moving really fast and that having more money and more resources would be really valuable. We also just got together as a founding team and we decided that the thing we wanted to optimize for was learn really fast and have a really fun adventure. Um, it wasn't that we wanted to optimize to make as much money as possible. I actually think if you're just trying to make money as an entrepreneur that you shouldn't raise VC money because it's a lot easier to not raise capital, build a business uh, and sell it for $5 million and walk home with all that money in your pocket uh, versus going out and raising capital, the expectations for how much you're gonna sell the business for go up a lot. The, the preference, there's a bunch of money now above the stack uh, that they get their money back before you do once you take investors on. Uh, <laughs> so we're not optimizing to make money actually, we're optimizing to build a really big company, learn a lot, and have a really big adventure. Um, and we felt that raising money was the, the best way to do that. So that's how we ended up kind of down the path of uh, talking to investors and raising capital and, and doing your sort of more typical venture background. Fletcher, that is super cool and really talk about outside the box thinking. Um, you know, I was telling you a few minutes ago that I um, just interviewed Matt Barry, who's like one of the top influencers on LinkedIn, and he is just a titan uh, in the entrepreneurship world. And he did, I've never met anyone who started in VC and then went into um, their own serial entrepreneurship and he did and you did. So you're in a good team. And, yeah. and he said the same thing. Um, but what's really neat is that you and your co-founder, A, agree. Um, is he co-founder? Yeah. I have two co-founders. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's really neat that you guys agree and that you know what your priorities are and you are so young um, that someday if you feel like you need to absolutely maximize all the money, you'll have that, uh, that option too in another venture that you do. Um, so really, really different. And, and I do want to warn our, our, um, Sherpa network here who's listening, you know, this is not going to work for everybody. This is your core values were different. And um, the, I think the density, it's like you were getting on elevators with these people all the time and you were the only one saying, no, I don't want to do an elevator pitch. Right. 
and that stood out, but it's not for everybody. Like if you're in Silicon Valley and like, you can't eat dinner tomorrow, um, pitch. <laughs> that's different. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, so tell me about how you started being interested in just in changing a domain in general after. So July, 2017, you've got bubble IQ yep. and then what? Yep. And then we went through Techstars, raised a little bit of angel money. Just and when was that? That was June of 2018. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay. So about a year later. Yeah. Techstars was like February through May, finished Techstars. You do this big pitch in front of all these people and then closed our first little round of, of financing in June. Okay. Um, we went to all our customers and we're like, hey, right now you use us as this integration. We integrate between your communication tool and your ticketing system, Slack and Zendesk. And we're, this workflow is really great. It's working awesome for you. But what else can we do? Like, what are the bigger problems that we can solve for you as a company? Uh, and as we, as we talk to those customers, they're like, oh, well, uh, it, we have all these problems with our, in, our internal IT process and our internal request process. So it's, you're kind of helping us with a little bit of the, the communication. Um, but we're like, we have all these broken computers and password resets and all this stuff and it's all happening in slack and we're not tracking a lot of it um and so uh that's when we kind of realized oh like we could actually build a ticketing system so for some of our customers they didn't even have a ticketing system at all um and they wanted us to be the ticketing system um and for others they had sort of like multiple different ticketing systems and they wanted us to bring them all together um and so which realized, makes sense okay yeah um, and so we realized, wow, there's an opportunity here to actually build. And yeah, sorry, I think my Slack was going off. Um, I don't know. Uh, and there's an opportunity here to actually build a uh, our our own ticketing product, um, which is a much bigger opportunity. So like uh, Zendesk, which is one of the players in that space, is a ten billion dollar company. ServiceNow is another big ticketing system, is a fifty billion dollar company. I mean, these are huge, huge businesses that get get created um, around these these ticketing systems. Um, and so we started going, okay, um, we're going to build, we're going to just experiment around it. We weren't totally sure that we were going to do it yet. So um, we're going to build a, a ticketing system. And we were trying to figure out, okay, Bubble IQ, it's fine. Like you said, reasonably good brand, but people all know it is this integration. Like we, we really need to show everyone that we're, we're doing something new and something different. Um, and, uh, that, uh, we're, uh, it, like it's a new brand, a new product and not quite a new company, but almost right. Um, cause, cause we really wanted people to think of us very differently. And so as we're brainstorming around ideas, we're like, okay, we could do, uh, like, uh, I don't know, like, let's like, we were just kind of joking around with random ideas. And one of the ideas that came up was help desk. Um, and it was my co-founder, Tristan. He was like, yeah, help desk, help desk.com is available. And so he, he just like went that night and bought help desk.com. And we were, we all thought it was a joke to be honest with you at the beginning. We we're like, no, that's stupid help desk. Like that's so dumb. Who would, who would, and this is still now the three co-founders in the room. Or are any anyone from the accelerator or anyone joining in in this conversation? I hired a salesperson and another engineer. So there's five of us full time at this point. Um, and just, yeah, we're just like brainstorming. And we honestly laughed at the name Help Desk for quite a while. And we're like, that's so dumb. And then I think Tristan kind of knew he planted the seed and then it slowly grew on everyone. And we're like, 
wait, help desk. Like, that's actually kind of cool. It's kind of funny, but it's also like different and it stands out. Every other company in the space is like, they all have very similar names. Um, and after a while too, we started talking to some customers about it and they really liked it. And then we started talking to some of our advisors and they're like, one of our advisors was like, help desk is fine. Just cut the desk. Like just help. kind of a Facebook style moment where he's like, cut the, the. it's like, cut the desk, just help. Um, the desk. I like yeah. it. Um, um, and you know, GoDaddy started out with their, their GoDaddy was a joke too. It was right. like placeholder. Yeah. And then they just got all this feedback and everybody remembered it and was like, oh, that's funny. That's cute. That's memorable. Yeah, exactly. And so we actually then went out and got help.ai um, and just so that we had help as the brand and that's what we and, set up. And yeah. was that like a new registration as well? Nobody yep. else owned yeah. it? Yeah, .as or a little more. There are like 150 bucks, I think. Yeah, yeah but I'm surprised. Okay. But yeah, that was, that was brand new, pretty short domain. Um, actually, help.io was available. And then I like stalled on it for like three days. It was a brand new registration available. And some dude in London registered it that weekend. And I was like, no way. Are you joking me? Because uh. <laughs> help.io, and I think if we'd gotten that, we may have never even pursued the .com like. Help.io, help I think, is like reasonably okay. I don't know. Maybe we would have. Um, Interesting. But yeah, we got help.ai and we're like, that's fine. We, we hadn't really figured out what the sort of AI machine learning part of our business was yet. We kind of have a little bit more now. Um, and then we're like, okay, we got help.ai. Um, we set up the, the landing page. We got the initial product out, um, all just on that, kind of still experimental, still just like getting feedback from our customers and figuring out um, uh, if the product made sense, if it worked, if people liked it. Um, Cause we really like re starting in sort of October of 17, we rebuilt uh, from the ground up a ticketing system. Like we took all our learning, started a brand new code base. And we're like, let's build a ticketing system that lives that that's better than the ones that, that currently exist based on everything we've learned. Okay. Um, I am so confused. So yes. you, these people gave you $2.7 million. Yep. And you had like one super brief conversation about changing your entire brand and they were like, cut the desk. That's, that's all you got. No, we haven't. So we haven't raised the $2.6 million yet. So okay. we've just raised like a little less than half a million so far in okay. like angel money. Um, and yeah. They, and it, from it, a couple people. But a bunch. Yeah. It's like, okay. They, so one guy who's probably like 50 grand in, that is like, eh, cut the desk. Right. He was but, like, okay, but you don't have like an advisory board or anyone giving you better. It, it's pretty much us at this point. Yeah. Like okay. we've got folks who are helping, but they know that we're running the company. They're not, they're not super heavily invested. Yeah. And nobody's like a branding expert or not really no. a search engine. Uh, this, this one guy who said to cut the desk, he was a co-founder of DigitalOcean. Um, so, and it was like, yeah, really early there. So he's really good at branding and they built a great brand there. Um, so he was like, cut the desk, but yeah, that's okay. our marketing branding expert basically. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. So that, that clears it up for me. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Now we've got like this brand help. One of the, and like, so you look at all, all the sort of other players in the space, literally Zendesk, ServiceNow, ServiceCloud, uh, FreshDesk, FreshService, uh, like it either has the word service or desk in it. Those I literally cannot say a single one of those back to you except exactly. send desk. And then yeah. I could make it up like, desk fresh, now, so what? yeah, yeah. Like yeah. You could 
to make it, we've talked about making a matrix of like service uh, and like desk and now, and like you could basically make all the different companies in the space with that matrix. It's now desk service. Yeah. Exactly. Com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so now we had this like fun brand, which is help, um, which is just totally different, really uh, just interesting. Um, the more and more we got it, people are loving it. Like we're, they're, they're replying to our tweets like, oh my God, this brand is amazing. Uh, it's super funny. It's kind of like a, a cat meme. There's, there's a little bit of meme lore around it. Uh, basically like cats getting stuck in things. If you, if you Google help memes, you'll see like a bunch of cats just like stuck in something with its head poking out. It's like, help. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so it's like saying help the cat. And for some reason, cats say it that way. Yeah, exactly. So there's a little bit of meme lore around it and it's, okay. IT people who are our audience love that stuff, right? I mean, they're, they're all geeks. They all love just like funny, quirky little jokes. Um, and so it was starting to yeah. really super strongly with folks. The product was doing well. Initial customers were loving it. And so at this point, we, I, I kind of thought we'd go out to start fundraising in sort of like mid-2019. But this is like February of 2019. We got approached by a couple investors that we were just having informal meetings with. And they were like, we love the new product. Sounds really great. Like we want to, we want to invest in the company basically. Okay. Uh, our, our full uh, seed round started coming together. Um, okay. Basically right in the middle of that round, our, who, the, the person who ended up becoming our lead investor, I remember he voxed me and he was like, Hey, like it looks like help.com might be available. We should try and get it. Um, Cause it was like redirecting to some random thing. Um, and so I was like, okay, like, our lead investor is excited about this. We had all kind of talked about it like, oh, help.com's maybe available. We had no clue how much it would cost, what the process would be or anything. But he was like, let's try and get it, basically. So our lead investor, he was excited about it. He was like, let's, let's make a move on it. Um, yeah. And so we're like, okay, cool. Uh, we hadn't closed any of the money yet. So there was no announcement. Like kind of publicly, if you looked up help, you, you didn't really find anything, right? And so we kind of felt like we had a little bit of leverage. In this you sense. found the cat memes. Right, exactly. Like you, we had a little bit of leverage. Had you already gotten the Twitter handle at that point? No, we hadn't gotten the Twitter handle. Uh, really had nothing. We still at, like we're publicly facing Bubble IQ. We had this one little help.ai landing page, but like you had to really search for it to find it. It was pretty yeah. hard to find. Yeah. Um, customers knew about it, and so we were kind of an unknown entity in terms of how. If you look that up, um, and so we we're like, okay, let's like reach out. Let's see. Start set up a random gmail account and just reach out to the the person uh who's, oh who's, well stealth yeah exactly <laughs> just go stealth and and talk to them and see like see what we can see um, okay so now i mean this is where like you have office space right not at this point we are in a co-working space oh, okay sorry that yeah makes sense too um but like when you're ready to get your office space are you going to do that on your own yeah, yeah, and and we, we were doing these two things at the same time, actually. We were talking to brokers about getting an office space, and then we were yeah, talking to domain brokers about buying a domain. <laughs> so you set up the anonymous email address to reach out to domain brokers, not to reach out directly to the well, owner? The, the person that we reached out to ended up, like, they had a sort of third party that they were working with. Um, so, yeah. So you reached out to the domain owner and they were already brokering the domain? It, I don't know if it was a broker, maybe that's not the right word, but they had like a, like a entity person that we were talking to. So we weren't talking directly to the owner. 
Okay. All right. But it's interesting to me the, um, the, the chronology of events. So you've already pretty much invested in the domain. And if you can't get the .com, you're just going to wing it on the .ai. Right. And then, you know, I'm assuming as you're looking for your physical space, were you using a real estate broker? We were, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. for your digital. digital space, which was probably more important to your business, yep. you weren't. And that's surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, it's not an uncommon situation, yeah. but it's still surprising. Yeah, so, I think it's just, it's less known, right? Like I, when I think of yeah. like a domain broker, in, I, I don't even think of it, to be honest with you, right? I'm just like, I don't know how to buy a domain. I'll just email the person and see what happens, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I think that, you know, 10, 15 years from now, um, that mentality will change. And I think that, um, I think that I would like on Domain Sherpa, um, because we bring in so many entrepreneurs here to discuss just that little piece of how their domain contributed to their entrepreneurial success. Um, like I was telling you earlier when we had the ring.com founder on and you and I couldn't even remember what, what, like there were, those competitors were so big and I could have said all their names, like, I don't know in what, 2000 something. Um, but now it's like, who else was there besides ring? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Ring is it. And it's because he saw that additional standout component of the domain name. Um, so I would love for domain Sherpa of uh, my company to produce a, um, a guide says, Oh, you're a startup that an angel investors can have. In fact, domain Sherpa was originally founded by an angel investor who kept advising his, um, his advisees on, um, on domain names. And, um, I think it's just such a, it's such a backwards process that people go through now. Okay. So, um, um, so now you're interested in help. You set up an anonymous email, you reach out probably to the owner of help who I'm thinking is the third party. Was that Chris Zyker? Uh, no, it was, it's like some, we figured out pretty quickly that the guy who owned Halp was like somewhat of a like known trademark troll, like trademark domain troll guy. <laughs> not a, not the ideal person you want to buy uh, from. I think his name's like Michael Glessner or something like that. Uh, and he's like, no, we found a bunch of articles that were like, this guy's like spent millions of dollars, like just trying to screw people out of trademarks and domains and like all this stuff. We're like, great. This is a super good start. Um, and so we, we emailed and it was some like Singapore firm that like emailed us back that was like, Hey, like I represent the owner and like, we're only accepting really serious offers. So like, let us know if you're like, what, how much you're willing to spend on this. So okay. we went to GoDaddy and we like looked up, we're like, what's the GoDaddy value of this domain? And GoDaddy said like $9,000 or something. We're like, okay, that seems kind of low, but whatever. And so we replied, we were like, we would be willing to like give you $12,000 for this domain. Okay. Um, and they're like, so they're like, well, we'll go a little above the, and we sent them the GoDaddy link with like, here's what GoDaddy estimates the, the domain is worth and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I think there was like a short delay. And then they're like, like, okay, the owner says he'd be willing to do it for $45,000. We're like, 
okay, cool. And we like. And did to... you see that coming at all? Like no after, the, respect, to be after the like, it's interesting to me. I don't know who owned the domain before, um, but it's interesting that that your perception is basically, without saying it, you're like like a squatter mentality. Um, but um, and I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it's your perception and that's really important. Yep. Um, and then, you know, GoDaddy, which for a four letter .com like that, I mean, there's no way it's worth, you know, the fair market value is not $9,000, yeah. but you went to, you know, a very trusted, um, entity and looked that up. And um, then you approach very generously with 12,000. I mean, percentage wise, that is super generous. Yeah. And when they came back with 40, 44, we, 45, you know, were you like, what? I, I don't think that, that we thought that that was outrageous. No, like, I think we just didn't know where to start. And so we like, we wanted to give a reasonable but low, like, we thought 12 was low, actually. Um, we, we, we saw that GoDaddy thing and we're like, oh, 9,000, like, that seems super low for a four letter.com. Okay. Um, all right. We're going to start with a really low ball offer and a like reputable source to back it up. Right. So that was our, I would say rough strategy was like, let's, let's start with something that's like clearly low, but also clearly like this is a serious person. Cause we didn't want to say like, we'll give you a thousand bucks at that point. They're going to be like, who are these people? They, they clearly are just fucking with us. And there's like, what like screw off. Right. Okay. Um, enough of an offer that it felt like, they're serious, they're interested, um, but not go out and be like, we'll give you 50 grand. And then they come back and are like, it's actually a hundred grand, right? And like, that's, we, we wanted to make sure we kind of anchored low a little bit. So when they came back with 45, we were like, oh, actually like, and we talked to a few people. I know uh, a guy who got another four letter domain and he was like, yeah, that's like around the price we paid. So um, I was like, oh, like that's actually okay. And, so and like, how did you find that person? Uh, through the Techstars network. Uh, they okay. And did Techstars, like, where is the accelerator in this process advising you or helping you? Saying, oh, you got this offer. Let us help you with that. Because, I mean, you're kind of spending their money. Right. I mean, it, so not they're not super involved. Um, the we, we did actually, the guy who we went through the accelerator with ended up being our lead investor. He has his own fund. Um, called Matchstick Ventures. And so like, I guess the accelerator was involved, but it was really because of him through his fund that was now going to be the lead investor uh, in this uh, in this new round that we were putting together. So they were somewhat involved, but I, I don't know. I think our investors trust us to make the right decision and um, they, they try not to get too heavily involved in the process. So. Okay. All right. For us. And we're like, Hey, I know this guy who bought a domain, talk to him. And this guy buys domains all the time. And like, we kind of, built the network there of folks to, to have a little bit of expertise. Um, so yeah, at 45 grand, we are like, okay, not too crazy. Um, and then uh, we, we, we like tried to counter a few times. We're like, what about 30? And they're like, nope, 45. <laughs> like, uh, what about 35? And they're like, it's $45,000. And we were like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, I think $45,000 is a smoking deal. It is. So we're not done with the story. So okay. Uh, they were they said like and I, I i've talked with a few people about this now that like there's some other stuff we could have done but like we got a written email thing that said like we agreed to forty five thousand dollars 
And then they're like, all right, great. Send us your entity name and your bank account information, like, or not your bank account info, but like, we need like your entity information so we can set up a wire transfer or whatever. And I was like, we were like, huh, interesting. Like, we don't want to give them that because then they're going to know that we're like a venture back company and like, like, we don't want to do that. That sounds like a bad idea. So we reached out to our lawyers and we we're like, hey, do you know any brokers? So this is actually the point that we like got into like, we're trying to buy a domain. We need someone to just like facilitate the third party part so that yeah. we can give their account information and we don't have to give ours was basically like our thought process. Um, and so they introduced us to some guy on the East coast. Uh, that guy, we then CC that guy and we're like, Hey, we're working with this guy. He's going to give you his information. And then I don't know, like there was a few kind of misfired emails. I don't know if they got like cold feet because we had introduced this third party person or what happened, but they just suddenly went quiet and we were like, shit, like our round was about to close in like two weeks. And so we're like, once our round closes and we announced the company is how now there's a public thing that says like how $2.6 million, like the price just goes from 45 to $400,000 like that. Right. And so we're like, shit, we have two weeks to try and close this. And they started stalling out. And so we're like, oh, fuck, this is bad. Uh, like, and I'll doing? tell you, that is a strategy. Right. Um, no, you know, exactly. I mean, this is not this guy's first sale. Yeah. And I looked him up. You know what? You are not just randomly giving all domain investors a bad name, like some people do uh, at a misinformed level. But it does look like every search for the owner of uh, or the seller of this domain uh, calls him an infamous troll. And yes. that like he's highly, highly, highly litigious. Yeah. Um, that's a scary person to deal with. Yeah. And, and again, fascinating and worrisome to me that um, your legal team wasn't involved, your you know, potential or almost backers weren't involved, that um, they were just like, bye boys, good luck. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm maybe being a little bit more, like, we, we were serious about this. So we were also talking to trademark lawyers this whole time and trying to figure okay. out from a trademark perspective, what would make sense and what wouldn't. And like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's, there's like actually some ongoing stuff there with this guy. So I don't want to get too much into the details there. Cause I don't know what I don't know about like where this will go and I don't want to screw myself. Yeah, um, no, that's, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, like we were talking to our lawyers there. Our, we then had our lawyers introduced to this broker. Uh, and then the broker, like, I don't know if he messed it up. I think they were just using a strategy, which was basically just like, we're going to wait. We know that they probably have like funding or something like coming along. And so, mm -hmm. oh, well, they do. They strung us out. Right. And so we're like, okay, we then reached out again directly via our like whatever Gmail, like anonymous thing. And we were like, Hey, like, I know this kind of fell through with this other guy. Like we are still interested. And they're like, okay, cool. It's 75 grand. And we're like, what? <laughs> Like you just said, forty-five. To, what? What the hell changed? They're like, look at seventy-five grand now. Like we can use uh, like broker.com and we'll we'll get the deal done. And this, it's like six days. Escrow.com. Escrow. Yeah. Sorry. Not. Yeah. Escrow.com. Uh, so like, yeah, we can just use. And we're like, well, why can we use Escrow.com earlier? Like, what? You, what? Uh, so they played. But they wouldn't have gotten all that out of it. Hello. So. We're like, all right, whatever. Like, cause we only had six days to go. We're like, okay, we got to like set up the escrow account, like verify it, get the wire done, all this stuff. And so we are like, fine, cool. 75 grand. And were you worried that if you're just like, yeah, 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 fine. Double it. No problem. Let's just do this. That then it wouldn't close at double either. Oh yeah. So we were super, we were freaking out. We were like, 
maybe then now they'll try and raise to 120,000. Like, I don't know. Now that we said yes, like, I don't know. Um, and so, but we're like, well, we don't really have a choice at this point that's coming down to the wire. Let's just try and get it done. And so we, um, we were like, okay, great. Here's the, like, we set up the, the escrow account. We, we did the wire all kind of like as quickly as we could. Um, and then, uh, like it all went through and two, like, I think it was 48 hours before we announced our round, uh, the domain got transferred over. We set it up. We had the help.com domain for the like public announcement and everything. And, uh, yeah, it, it all totally worked out. Uh, wow. This is a story of luck. Um, I mean, you guys picked a great domain, you had a lot of intelligence behind it, but on the domain end, that's phenomenal. This is an unusual story because most people end with, and we never got it. And right. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. that's rough. I like how you laughed. You're like, I know it's like a kid. <laughs> well, I, I came to grips with the fact that like, it was this roller coaster, right? I was like, everything was going right. We got the, the, this beautiful office we're in. It's like amazing. We got the perfect investors we wanted. Slack ended up investing in the company. Like everything that we'd wanted was going right. You know what I mean? And it was just like, pinch myself. How is this? We were getting all these, we were hiring the people we wanted to hire. Everything was going perfectly. And then we, we were like, okay, final thing. Like if we can get the dot com, that would just be unbelievable right? Like, and it looked like we were going to get it. The whole thing was we're at 45 grand. We're like for 45 grand. Are you kidding? This is incredible. Like what? This is amazing. And, and then they went quiet. And so we had this roller coaster of like, yes, 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 yes. Oh, damn. And then the last second, yeah, we got it. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah. We went through a pretty nice emotional ride there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I bet. And, um, you know, for you, it sounds like more the icing on the cake than a necessity. At yeah, this point. It. But yeah. you're looking at, you know, a market with a multi-billion dollar, um, you know, revenues per company. And at some point, you're right, you know, whether it was how for something else, at some point, you're really going to need to upgrade that. So tell me when you back a year before, when you were um, working with the accelerator and took in your first bit of capital, did you feel that your name of Bubble IQ affected those conversations in any way? Um, I think a little, I would say it was neutral in that situation, right? It wasn't bad and it wasn't great. Okay. So it had a big impact. I have noticed that like, whether it's customers, investors, anyone, like they just take us more seriously now, now that we have a four letter.com. Um, yeah, it's credibility. Like, yeah, it's credibility. Even like people that want to work for us are like, what? That's so cool. You have like, like F at help.com or like Fletch at help.com, like just cool email addresses. And like, I don't know. It's a, it's a perk almost. And it, it adds credibility. It's really cool, especially for geeky IT or engineering type people. I think it, it's like super cool. Um, so yeah, we've had this like big boost of combination of a four letter domain and being backed by Slack. Um, all kind of wrapping together. We, we no longer get asked these, like customers used to ask, well, how long have you been around and how many people yeah. do you have? And like, like, are you going to be around next year? And now it's just like, oh yeah, you're backed by Slack. You have a four letter domain. Cool. Like where do I sign for the contract? Uh, That's <laughs> hilarious. No one asks how long have you been around? It, it does. It says it just has this like a gravitas mm-hmm. to it. Um, yeah, and, and it's really important to see, Fletcher, how you pulled it in as part of a much 
larger ecosystem. It's not about, I mean, anybody can go buy a four letter.com, probably not for $75,000. And, um, and they're not going to have what you have. You have, you know, a, one very thoughtful product that then you carefully expanded further. You have a great ecosystem of this, you know, dense entrepreneurship, um, camaraderie and you have sounds like a fabulous team you're very in touch with your core values and you have a phenomenal domain name like they it's you know what tier are you trying to reach and how fast are you trying to reach it um is is the difference so what did you learn from the process what would you do different when you're you know 50 and you're an angel investor how are you how would you in advise a startup differently than what your experience was? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, like, I, I didn't really know about the folks like you guys that like actually do this all day, every day. So, I mean, we, they, they had a, a written contract with us over email that said it was $45,000. So like, we could have held them to that. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, we could have probably saved at least like around 30 grand there. Um, like, look, you, you have a written contract with us. Um, I, I don't know the exact legal actions you take around something like that, but I think knowing the moves that they're going to pull and the way that they're going to do things beforehand, we would have approached the whole situation a little bit differently. Um, yeah. I mean, knowing how escrow works and like how easy that is, it's, it's super simple. It works super well. There's, they've set it up. So there's no risk. So like when they had asked us for our bank information and all that, or like our, our corporate information, I'd be like, no, you don't need that. What are you talking about? We can use an escrow service. Um, so I think, yeah, there was a bunch of different spots. We could have, uh, just played it a lot better now knowing the game that they play. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And not all, um, domain sellers behave like that. Um, but it's also interesting, you know, you already knew you wanted help and if you weren't going to get help.com, you weren't going to go get something else, right. you know, other other um, startups just say, we're looking for gravitas and credibility and to make a statement about our expansion, um, but our budget is 75,000, what can we find within that budget? And if yep. your budget's 400,000, you can find something. If your budget's 75,000, you can find something else. And they're gonna be you know, different. Um, but I still think you gotta smoke and deal on it, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, I think because it's not really a word, it's only kind of a word that helped a lot. But no, I, I agree. I think we, it, oh, I've heard stories and like, I, I think overall we ended up doing pretty well. So I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah. I mean, in general, the domain name market has very, you know, it's just like the real estate market. There are comparable sales. There are, um, you know, but it takes um, not just an algorithm, especially at that level of value to look up um, you know, the, the, um, the, what is truly comparable and why or why not to get to a pricing. But when you're dealing with a seller, like this guy went to court against Donald Trump, like, yep. Yep. I mean, so you were going to spend a lot more than and he lost. Um, but <laughs> I mean, the fact that he was that he's that litigious right. is worrisome for, you know, you could either pay up your 30 grand or spend a lot more than that in legal fees with an uncertainty and a time delay. So good for you.
Um, that's super cool. So what does help? Oh wait, how'd you get your Twitter handle then? <laughs> we just, uh, we found the trademark and then we went, we were like, Hey, Twitter, uh, we have this trademark. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and they gave us the handle. Really? Did someone else <laughs> so, already have uh, it? It was, no, it was like, well, it was a dead account. So not Okay. Really. Yeah. All right. No, I thought it was like a one, a cat account. Okay. Um, so is a cat your, like your company, uh, spirit <laughs> animal? Kind of. Here, I'll show you. We've got this cool mural um, that we made. Oh, I thought you were going to be like uh, uh, showing me the, oh, that's great. And you guys even made your own mural? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do it all, do it all y'all. Yeah, nice. Come in and do it. Yeah. Like I said, our office is pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, now, um, what, what does HALP have in mind for the future? What, what are your plans for the next year? What's. Yeah. So lots of growth. So we're, we're um, 12 people in the office now. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Growing the team, growing the customer base, um, just continuing to build out new, new product, new integrations, new functionality, keep hiring. Um, so yeah, lots of growth ahead and um, we're, we're just kind of continuing to innovate around the, the product we now have. There's just a ton for us to build a ton of opportunity to, increase automation and increase sort of the, the workflows that we're providing to our customers. So, um, yeah. That's and do you do custom build outs or only for the big dogs? It's, oh, uh, it can. You know, yeah, it's your, it's your typical SaaS. I mean, big enterprise clients will always have a customization or two that they want. The good news is you do one customization for Adobe and that, that translates over to your other enterprise customer and, uh, it works for them too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all SaaS. Very, very cool. Um, really, um, such an interesting story, Fletcher, and um, so much, um, I think, potential for help to really um, grow from here. This is going to be super interesting to watch you over time. Um, I'd love to see you come back on the show in a, in a year, two years, and tell us what, I mean, I wonder you know, and, and you don't have to speak to this, but I mean, of course, maybe, maybe you'll sell, maybe you'll exit in some other way. Um, or maybe you will just, you know, what is this going to do to now service help? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Zendesk, you know, um, and, uh, and just super, super cool. And I think that might be a, um, a, a brand tagline for you cut the desk little zinger at a yeah. zen desk but also that's what you're doing right you're cutting people's time at their desks you're making them more productive um making them not want to stab their desk um i don't know you cut the desk man i like it no, um, <laughs> yeah. oh. so um thanks for coming on um i am going to um, continue working on some startup, um, like white papers, just some general pieces, but I would love to send them to you and see what you and your friends at Techstar think, because, um, that's a key component that could make things a lot easier and a lot less deals go sideways. Yeah. Um, no, I'd love to check it out. So I definitely send it my way. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye Fletcher.